laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. Nobody's safe from embarrassing childhood. Everybody's got that stuff, and I think that really resonates with a lot of people. And I'm a pretty open book, or I like to say I am. Like, I don't really have a problem with sharing anything on stage, and I oftentimes like making myself say more uncomfortable things just to see maybe not what I can get away with, but what I can get people to like connect with me for. Because if I can make a really specific, weird, niche, childhood weirdness joke and it resonates with somebody, I think that's really cool. Maybe not for the specific action, but like, oh shit, I did I did something weird. Like, I used to like getting punched in the face as a kid. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know. Can't get enough of You Can't Laugh at That? Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. And when you become a patron, you'll get exclusive access to deleted footage from every episode. You'll be the talk of the town. Your friends will think you're the coolest person ever. Patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. Find all sorts of new reasons to laugh at your friends for not being as cool as you. Ready to rock and roll? God, that's such a dad thing to say. All right, welcome to You Can't <laughs> Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics you can't laugh at and we find ways to laugh at them in the never-ending quest to prove that anything can be funny. Let's get this show on the road. All right, that is Steve Mers, who is excited because his Tesla has crash-landed back onto Earth in the ocean and he just got out of the water. Steve, how's it? Uh, how's the weather down there? Uh, it's great. I'm in Hell, Norway right now, so... Yeah, it's uh, it looks different in the pictures. Right. It's a different part of the beach. And joining us, not from Hell, Norway, but from Ann Arbor, Michigan, is comedian Jacob Barr. What's going on, Jacob? What's up, boys? How's it how's it hanging? How's it hanging? It's I have no complaints. It's oh, yeah. yeah, it's hanging pretty positively. It's Absolutely. fall. So got I'm that. from heaven, apparently. It's very yeah. my balls are extremely white. <laughs> heaven is just uh is just an empty white void and they're like no that's what be, i'm hoping for that's yeah the, be at peace be in the moment and breathe for all of eternity um and today we are going to talk about the hell that can be childhood or heaven or whatever it's mostly purgatory uh, because when we're kids we do a lot of things that are funny that at the time are just feel like the most serious thing. And then in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's weird that I did that. <laughs> uh, so Jacob has, uh, has been doing comedy for about six years now. Uh, tell us a little more about yourself. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm me. I uh, started comedy when I was about, when I was a little under, when I was a little under 18. Uh, I, was, I was a little boy. I still 
still look like a little boy, but, uh, you know, uh, I started in Toledo, uh, the, 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 the white hot comedy scene of Toledo. Uh, yeah. Uh, I started there. I moved to Ann Arbor a couple of years ago, just, uh, been hanging out, trying, having, having a great time. Nice. So Bergman's your comedy dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, like whenever I say I'm from Toledo, they're like, "Oh, how's Bergman doing?" I'm like, "He's really good. He's he's chugging beers on Facebook. That 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 warrior is always kicking." <laughs> right. <laughs> <clears throat> cool, man. It's the Midwest is just a, it's a small comedy world. I mean, yeah, you- yeah. I would say it's it's pretty. It's like, I mean, physically, it's 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 really wide, and there's like lots of stretches of nothing. But like, it's all it's all fairly connected. I feel like. Michigan and Ohio are kind of the same in the sense of there's just cause like people like move up and down so much. Like we've like when I first started, there's a bunch of, I, I've known like tons of comics who have like moved from Toledo either up into Michigan or down further towards like Cleveland and stuff. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a pretty solid pipeline of, I mean, back when things were super open, like I'd, I'd meet, a bunch of comics from from Detroit or Ann Arbor, Blaine and and uh, Brett and yeah. I mean you obviously uh, because that's why we're doing this. Five yeah, past Diego. Like, there's a lot of really good comics. So if you're from a midwestern city and you don't go out and see comedy that often, what are you doing? Yeah, go you're missing do it. about three thousand new Facebook friends. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> if you come to one show, <laughs> you will get you're friend not requests up from. Your of how much bullshit you on Facebook. You could have so many friends that yeah. you've never met, but you know exactly how they feel politically. Yeah. And you're like, I've you never met ask. this guy, but we still have 300 mutual friends, so you must be important. I yeah. Like yeah. See, you're, so you're, yeah, I'm, I'm 33. I just turned 33. And, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that old, but, uh, just in terms of technology, like when I was, you know, Facebook didn't really become a thing until I was junior or senior in high school. So it was, uh, you know, what's that like growing up with it? Just, I like, you know, other person, I mean, it's just normal, right? Yeah. I got a Facebook when I was in sixth grade, I think. So sixth grade, I didn't even, dude, I, it's all gone luckily, but there was, there was some really terrifying shit on my Facebook wall at one point. Just like I used to say I could speak all these languages that I couldn't speak for certain. Like if you go to my profile right now, there's still stuff that I haven't removed. It says like, <laughs> like 20 languages and I like do like Taekwondo. I've never done Taekwondo a day in my life. Just, just all live. <laughs> there's a Sun Tzu quote. I'm like, I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Ooh, the art of war. That's yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm, yeah, I'm a child. The art of nothing. <laughs> right, man. When I was in sixth grade, it was AIM, and uh, my my AIM profile. I said I was training to become a professional wrestler. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, yeah, I, said I wasn't. I wasn't. No, yeah, <laughs> I have, I have the same game. BMI as I did when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> that, hit, that hits home, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of the weird shit we do as kids, I think that's a good enough segue to dive into the bit that you sent us. Uh, really funny bit. Uh, I'm excited for Steve to see it. I don't know if he's watched it yet, <laughs> but um, we'll talk about it. We'll uh, we'll find what's funny and we'll kind of dive into it and see where the conversation takes us. 
So if you want to introduce the clip, and then Jeremy will uh, Jeremy will play it. Clip, Steve, Steve, clip. Oh, do you do you, you mean me introduce it? Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, this is a joke that I did. Uh, I was I think the first time I did it was probably like the end of January. So I it's I, I wouldn't. Oh wait, actually, shit. This is the first time I ever did this joke. I don't know why I had I like was recording that night, but uh, we just had like a stupid big audience for our open mic. So I decided to record it. So it, it turned out pretty cool. I, I, uh, it's a joke about my weird childhood. First time. All right, let's let's do it. I'm gonna just get right into some weird shit. Um, <laughs> you're laughing pretty hard. I mean, some of you have an idea of what I'm about to talk about, and you're gonna be fucking wrong. So. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Uh, anybody here got kinks? Hell <laughs> yeah, one woman. That's what's up. <laughs> I don't have any like weird kinks, but I have like a lot of memories from when I was uh, when I was a kid that should have turned into kinks. You know what I mean? Like, here's where I'm gonna lose you. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I used to love like like a little kid. So before sex stuff got into it, uh, when I was a little kid. I used to love being tied up and left places. <laughs> I know, that sounds a little child abusey, but it's all my idea, trust me. I had to write it down. Uh, like one time when I was a little kid, my sister tied me up in the basement and left me there for like an hour and a half. It was the most fun ever. I don't know why, I haven't figured it out why I thought it was fun, but like I would do it like once a week. I'd just be asking my parents to do it. And they thought it was weird, but they did it, because they loved me. So, they do whatever I want. The, whole, the only thing was I could never tell anybody about it at school. That was, uh, hard to convince your teacher. You'd be like, yeah, me and my dad bond all the time. He'll be watching Fox Sports, and I'll be taped to the side of the couch. <laughs> That's how we're doing it. It got a little weird, besides, like, from what I was doing. It got weirder, you know, like... Like my dad, like I'd got, I'd get so pumped about it, I'd get so excited when my dad would come home from like, like the hardware store. I'd be like, Dad, you get that heavy duty duct tape? Like, we used scotch tape last time. I broke right free. It's not. Can't have that happen again. He got mad at me one time too. He was like, he's like, son, fucking, just tie yourself up. I'm like, what? I, are you looking at me? Like, I don't. <laughs> That ain't, you, you know, that's more fucked up than me liking to get tied up. <laughs> it's you making your disabled son tie himself up. <laughs> I'd be like, no, that's not even the fun part, tying myself up. The fun part is someone else tying me up. That's the point. I'm getting to, I'm getting, we're doing some therapy here. You know? <laughs> It got even weirder, you know. I used to like try to get my friends to do it to me, you know. Like I'd be at a, I'd be at a sleepover, and me and my guy friends, my guy friends, would be like, "Yo, Jake, you want to be super fun? How about we go outside and shoot squirrels with this BB gun?" I'd be like, "Actually, uh, you want to know it'd be more fun than that? How about you tie me up and shoot me with a BB gun?" <laughs> And we were bros through life, so they were like, that's pretty cool too, yeah. <laughs> like, do you want us to put like a sock in your mouth? And I'm like, wow, that's next level, do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you use the one on your foot, you're sweaty, yes. let's go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that 
<laughs> it's, it's so funny, man. I, I, very uh, true. Very true story. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we do weird shit when we're kids. <laughs> I so, get it. I, I've had, I, I can think back to where I'm like, you, you, when you're a kid, sometimes dangerous fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can, I get it. Especially if you're from like a suburb and like you haven't lived any real danger. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Rockford, Michigan. So like mm-hmm. ain't shit going on there. So you know, I just, uh, you know, had a sense of danger. at It's funny you say that because I always wanted to attach my, uh, a lot of the things I did as a kid. And I always had this theory that like, I grew up like a, a white kid in suburbia. So it was easy for, it was, I was sort of simulating danger because I'd never experienced any in real life. So I kind of did that on my own. And that was like our way of just like feeling human. Yeah. You know? Figure stuff out, figure out what like your body, you know, what, like, what, <laughs> how, what you, how you react to stuff. Right. Yeah. Adrenaline. <laughs> like, I think that might be like, it. This is crazy. I want to feel this all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was that what it was? Was that why you liked it? That just that, that sense of danger. I don't know. Cause like whatever I, whatever I like, like remembered that I did that, it's always followed by like, how am I not a serial killer? Like I really, <laughs> I'm like really into like true crime. And like, whenever they talk about the serial killers childhoods, I'm like, yeah, I did some weird stuff like that, but I, I didn't, I don't do any of that stuff. So it's kind of like a, like, like an empowering thing of like, hell yeah, I turned out pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> Resiliency. Yeah, so I think I did it just because, like, I don't know, I liked, uh, I I don't know, this sounds kind of kinky, but I guess I like being trapped or something. (laughs) Maybe it was like, if we're going, like, psychological, maybe it was like a, I don't know, like a protection thing. Like, I was pretty sick as a kid, so Hmm. I I don't know, maybe I felt safe being taped to things. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And so so you did that the first time that... Day. Like, what was the thought that went through your mind that was like, I'm gonna turn this into a bit? Uh, because I, well, like, um, most of my best jokes, I think, are um, based off like my stories. Cause I think that's, you know, you sound the most authentic, I think, when you tell, um, you know, personal narratives. And I feel like my weakest aspect in comedy is maybe like my, like, clear cut joke writing. Like, I'm not the best at writing. Like, if you told me to write a joke on paper, I don't think it would be as good as something that I could just say out loud. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think cause I'm disabled, I look fairly likable. So I think my personality drives a lot of what makes one of my jokes funny. And when I combine that with narrative, um, I think that's like where it works. So I, I try to, you know, uh, like, look, I used to write a lot of journals when I was a kid. So I have plenty of like cringy, just material I can read over and be like, this hurts or, 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 Oh wait, maybe this is a joke here or God, no, if I say this on stage, I'll kill myself. Like, I don't know. So, <laughs> um, so I just found that one day in a notebook. I just, rem- it's not like it was a repressed memory, but I just, it didn't register as weird to me as a kid. It, my parents thought it was weird and people I told it to thought it was weird, but to me myself, it didn't register as weird. <laughs> so it took me a while to like be like, oh, I can make a joke out of this. But once I did, I was like, this is this. I feel this might there might be something here. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, he didn't feel it was weird. It's like, oh yeah, you guys do it too, right? Yeah, right? No, this well, is like- I would do it. I realized it was weird as a kid because I, I at the end of the joke, I, I, I'd, I'd get my friends to do it, and like, I don't know, 
they, but they thought it was fun because because I don't know you're a little psycho as a kid you're like oh hell yeah you get to tie someone up that's badass you know like we don't get to do that ever yeah I was drawn to the psychos as a kid too I- <laughs> yeah so, so they thought it was funny and I thought it was funny but for I guess completely different reasons. So when you when you wrote the bit, did you like how did you did you just write down beats and then flesh it out while you're on stage or do you rehearse it? Like take us through your process. So um I started with just the story. I was like, okay, uh the tape thing. That's weird. And um I tried to delve as get as much like I tried to mine as much um real detail as possible that would be funny before I had to like embellish or like make it more presentable so like i took the story i was like okay i like getting tied up that was weird what are funny parts about that besides like what it is i was like okay my parents reaction to it was weird they thought it was weird um they would tell me yeah like don't tell people at school that you're doing this because it sounds really weird out of context and uh you know i remembered them actually telling me that and um and i was like okay this this is a good foundation because I have a lot. I think I have a hard time with writing jokes. It's I think most people do is like the big ending. You know, it's like when when to stop, when to stop rambling. And um, I thought of the ending of me remembering that I did it to my other friends. I was like, okay, that's creepy enough that I can end with that. And once I had the ending, the rest of it just kind of flowed out as I wrote it um, because you know I feel a lot more in control when I know where it's going um, and I can change that whenever, but like feeling like there's an ending um, is, is like helps this, like my writing process. That's such a good tip. Like for anybody who's struggling to figure out how to write a bit, so, like sometimes starting from the end and then working backwards. Like if you, yeah, yeah. cause you can't start from the biggest, like most out there, part of the joke or in this case the beat because you build it really well so, so it starts with your sister doing it and that's like a normal thing and then your parents doing it and it's like all right they agree to do that that's kind of weird yeah, and, that, and now your friends yeah. are doing it <laughs> well i got that idea from mike czar another uh well now he lives in new york but he used to live in toledo mike czar taught me that because he has a joke about uh air balloons and i was like oh how'd you figure out that joke and he's like i just thought of the funny noise that happened <laughs> Like when you use an air balloon, I was like, that's funny. I'll just put that at the end and then just think of something to build up to it. Right. You can't, you, you can't start with the air balloon noise and then have yeah. jokes after that. Like that has to, yeah, yeah. You're like that's the climax. Like whatever yeah. you think is the most funny in the idea, put that at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> or yeah. if you're cocky, put it at the beginning and, and I can go fuck myself. Or yeah. like, <laughs> Did, people it, are like no everything no bro i put the funniest part in the beginning and then i put the another funniest part at the end <laughs> <laughs> every single tag is funnier than the one before yeah bro it's, <laughs> it's like an abc dude and, and z is the best <laughs> i only do a's man i don't know what you're talking yeah. about tag it's only punches i only do s's <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah. So the escalation on that joke is great. Um, well, first I kind of want to address how you open the bit, you know, you did a really good job of, I don't know who came up for you, you know, what their style was, but you reset the room really well at the beginning of of that joke. And that's a, I have cheat codes. It's pretty easy for me. Like I look so different than most comedians. I have a very easy time 
with like a lot of things maybe other comics would struggle with because like I mean, shit, like, if you're at an open mic in a city, it's probably going to be, like, 15 white dudes and just all look the same. So it becomes probably harder to differentiate for crowds, at least, you know, if it's a long show. But I have, I'm lucky. I look really weird. So when I go up there, people are naturally going to be like, whoa, 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 what's this fucking guy? And then I can uh, kind of play with that. And uh, my like result of that is I like being really fucking mean to crowds. And, um, <laughs> That's great. Like, really mean. Like, like I like I, and I don't know why, but like no matter how mean I get, they they just still like me, and I don't know why. <laughs> like I've called like people ugly, like specific people in the crowd. Like I point <laughs> at them and like you're really fucking ugly. And people be like, yes! Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how you introduce it, but when you tell them, like, you ba- you address the elephant in the room without explicitly addressing the elephant in the room, saying, whatever you expect, you're going to be fucking wrong. Like, that's... Yeah, because yeah, I don't think a lot of people say, I, you know, I, I think jokes from personal experience, because I'm always worried about saying something that someone else has said. Yeah. So I think, like, that's why personal jokes are way better for me, at least, because I'm like, well, this is my life. I know this is my life. I don't have to really worry. Maybe there's some else, some other weirdo out there who's also doing a joke like that, but I know that that came from my head and not something I accidentally like absorbed through the internet or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. right. And you set an expectation too. You set a tone, um, and people want to hear you know, your story, like, you know, cause they're, they're sitting there, they're like, Oh, he's probably going to talk about the thing. Like, and then, <laughs> and then you subvert that a little bit, but you don't directly address it. Just the, you're going to be fucking wrong. Like says everything. It says so much in one short little sentence. Well, I appreciate, you know, it's weird. I haven't done that part. I've taken that part out at yeah. points. Cause just like, I don't, cause again, that was the first time I ever did it. So there's, I, I'm really curious to see what parts we'll talk about that I ended up taking out because I took out a few bits of it, um, like the more rambly parts. Yeah, we'll explore that. And then we can talk about even the stuff that you added to it. Here's where I'm going to lose you again. You kind of set an expectation. So, you know, you're not blindsiding them with, with the weird stuff. So they're kind of like mentally, subconsciously looking forward to something a little bit outside the box. They're bracing for it. They don't know yeah. what for, but they're like, all right, what the hell is you about to say? Right. And then they, they don't know that the next part is they're like, no, no, like I, I like getting trapped in boxes. That's cool for <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> so the, just the visual of you saying, I like getting tied up in left places. <laughs> Because everybody's picturing it, and I think that draws out a huge laugh. Just uh, you're very self-aware. A weird visual, because I Mm -hmm. think like it's not just that I like getting tied up. It's like I left being. I like being left there. Like that's that's a key part of the recipe here. (laughs) It is. Can't forget. I also. It's not just a tying thing. It's an abandonment thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's plenty of people like getting tied up. (laughs) Yeah, but how many people like being? tied up for long amounts of time in the right right Right. those people are bad magicians Um, (laughs) so all right your parents uh your sister doing it like i said that's that makes sense you know the sibling thing how did that i mean i know you obviously cut some stuff for the joke but like kind of guide us through the if you can remember like the yeah when uh, you started doing it as a kid just 12 years older than me 
So okay. she, so, so she immediately thought it was very strange. Cause like I was like six and she was like 18 and she was like, all right. And I was just like taped to this wall. And, <laughs> and then, there were, then she was like, okay, what, what now? And I was like, Oh no, well, now's the best part is you just leave. You just leave for here. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he did. So I was like, All right. And I was there. Yeah. It was, it was for, it was like for like 45 minutes. I, I did not care. Like I wasn't the one that tapped out. My parents came home and they're like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, no, it's cool. I, I, you know, this is my idea, bro. Like, no, don't sweat it. <laughs> And it's good that you left out her age too. Uh, there are some details that yeah, are important least, to the joke or might even ruin it. Yeah. Right. Cause like, that's just a little, like, I don't know if it would necessarily uh, like affect how, like how people laughed at it, but like, if you give people too much information, you don't want them to like get caught on anything, you know? Cause if right. I was, I was like, yeah, my sister did. She was 12 years older than me, which made her 18. And that means me, I was six. Isn't that extra weird? And like, that's a little too, a little too much sauce. Yeah. Yeah. You add sriracha to something and it changes the whole complexion of the dish. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole different narrative. Um, and then uh, your, your parents doing it. <laughs> they did it because they love me. I love that line. Just. Yeah, because, you know, they thought it was weird, but it was like, oh, I mean, it's like they could tell I was like, I wasn't like doing it with an angry look on my face. Like, I need to be taped to this wall. And left, like, I was just like, yeah, it's just fun, man. Like, I don't know. I wasn't, I think I wasn't that creepy about it. So I, I don't know. I wasn't like the omen kid. <laughs> yeah. They weren't like, oh, yeah, he likes being taped to walls and killing small animals. No, it's just uh-huh. the person. There's no triad of of creepy childhood shit. Yeah, I learned how to tape other people by the way you tape me. Yeah. (laughs) A great technique, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And the visual of being taped to the couch. (laughs) Yeah, because that was always the kicker. It's like, we'll do this. You just don't tell your teachers because that is, we really don't want to get called into like a parent-teacher conference. Like, like, uh, yeah, your son says uh, some very alarming (laughs) things. I think that's why a lot of the joke works really well is we're picturing it and you're delivering that visual in like short bursts. So you're not describing it. You just, this is what it looked like, or this is what it was. And that's it. I'm just giving you the facts. Cause yeah. like, it, it's, it's all, it's all true. Like I have jokes where I lie and like really, really embellish stories, but this one is, I would say is, you know, 85% true. So like, I feel I like this is to like the visual. Maybe it's kind of, but like, I think you can lie and create visuals too, but oh, sure. there's something to be said about being like, this is what actually fucking happened guys. And then being like, well, <laughs> man, I feel like I'm in your shoes. You know, it's, it's pretty weird. I feel like you could really, like, I feel like you could turn this into 10 minutes. <laughs> Easy. Like, yeah, just that's kind diving of into the details. Right now. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I think I have, like, like I, I mean, I've been doing it for for like five five and a half years, and like I like the longest I've ever done was like forty minutes, forty five minutes, and so I feel now I'm, which was obviously a very rough forty five minutes, but um, <laughs> I feel like I'm at the point where instead of trying to come up with new subjects to put in my act, it's now just like stretching out the subjects that I have, because mm-hmm. like. 
oh, okay. I have a, I have a very, I have a really comfortable like thirty minute set. How can, how far can I stretch those topics out to like a really like you know well put together hour someday? Right. Um, so with stories like that, I'm like, oh, cool. I can add more topics, little like mini segues in that one joke that can like loop back around kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kinane talks about that too, about, you know, taking a story and then just diving into the little details that you thought nothing of. And you could do a five minute bit on each one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You find like little, like, I don't know. You find like little caves in like, in like the earth of your joke, mm-hmm. right? Find little nooks and crannies. You can like get more shit out of. Caves in the earth of your joke. Yeah, I like bro. That. I like that. That's cool. Is that your is that your own thing? It's a wholesome metaphor, you know. I got I got loads of. All right, we're expecting more throughout this episode. Uh, but if you, I mean, just the the your dad coming back from the hardware store with you know, did you bring the heavy duty tape? Like I broke right through the scotch tape. That's such. That's See, an example. I did take of that. that out. I did. I, I'm sad to say, I did take that out oh. because it just wouldn't get lapsed. I don't know. Like I don't like that part. Uh, I just you know. When I took stuff out of jokes, like I, if it got laughs, I wouldn't take it out. But like, I don't know why necessarily it got more of a laugh that time. And you seem to like the line. And I've heard lots of people say they like the line, but I don't know. Just when I do it in front of crowds is just sometimes it wouldn't work and it didn't work enough where I was like, eh, I can just make this joke more concise and get to the point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird is, is there weird things? I mean, why does why does this joke work in this case, but not in this other case? Like yeah, yeah, and like why do people say like oh it's funny, but like they, there's difference between like oh this is a funny line or funny enough to make me audibly laugh, mm-hmm. you know, to trigger that response. So yeah. it's it's always really interesting. Do you ever take a joke out of a bit, and then as you're working on the bit, find a new place for it or a new context for it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I really think that if you think something's really funny and you write it down, you know, like, I think this is funny. And no matter how many times you can't get to work, I still think there's something in it. If you believe in it that much, it's like up to you to make it palatable. So mm-hmm. like if I've had tons of lines where I'm like, oh, I think this is funny. It's getting jack shit on the stage. So I'll put it I'll put it in the toolbox. And then maybe a few years later, I can pull out that that like. I don't know, like that nail and then put it in a different like desk kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had it where you're, where you have a bit that's killing or like the old bit that's killing. And then, I mean, in those situations for me, I don't know how you are, but I will tag while I'm on stage. If the, if I'm writing like a high wave with the audience. Yeah. Have you ever brought a joke like that back and it crushed like in a new place? That's interesting. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. In like specific, in like really specific scenarios where I just like felt on the fly, like oh, I'm gonna throw this back in. Fuck it, it feels right. And then sometimes it pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but there's been times where I've taken stuff out of the joke, like taken something out of the joke, then put something different into it, and then was able to get that old thing back into it again. Like oh, like if it's an ABC. I think of like an A one or two before the B and I can like plug it in kind of thing. Um, but that's really rare that that hasn't happened a ton because I, I give up on a lot of stuff quick. Like if it's not working, I'll, I'll shelve it 
I like I shelve a lot of stuff and uh, that I should probably go back to, but sometimes it's just not as fun versus like writing something. New. That's why you shelve it though. If it, you know, instead of yeah. throwing it away, some people just ditch it. Well, I mean, unless you remember it, obviously it's shelved then forever, but you know, it's like, I always save stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's in a notebook somewhere. Like maybe I'll find it again someday. And yeah. with, a new, with a new train of thought, like, like if I take one notebook full of garbage jokes and like not look at it for 10 years, maybe I'll open it and then I'll see that it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or just change it, modify yeah, yeah. it, or get inspiration from it for something new. Yeah. Or talk about it with someone else. I, I was pretty hesitant when I started to like, cause you know, it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to tell jokes to like your friends or even your comic friends. Cause, cause it's like, you know, it's putting yourself out there. You don't want to seem like a dumbass or, um, but I, you know, I've kind of gotten over that kind of insecurity thing and, uh, I've, you know, gotten a lot out of like communicating my jokes with other comics and seeing what they think and like contributing to other people's ideas and kind of like mind mapping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's the value of, of working together. Like you have one perspective, you know, and, and to bounce your idea off of somebody else who's looking at it now from a totally different angle can introduce more perspectives for you. It's, Definitely. Yeah. It only, yeah, it, it can like only help. Tags. Yeah. Like I've gotten some of my favorite tags from like just talking with someone else or someone giving me the idea and, and you're, 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 you know, part of you is like, Oh damn, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, Oh, well they helped you. It's like, you know, you're allowed to collaborate on things. You know? Right. I'm definitely open to taking tags or, or yeah, that the people give me. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those tags lead me to other jokes and it's, it's so fun when that happens. It's like, yeah. 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 We are like, Oh, they, they like, they, they, you know, they open up new doors, you know, they, you know, new ideas. One thing I've noticed is uh, when you uh, have two, when you want to connect two jokes together, they're completely unrelated. You come up with, you can come up with a great new joke that mashes up the two topics and yeah. it's the perfect segue had that happen a few times and it's, it's actually pretty nice good technique it's all, it's all about it's all about maxing out the dopamine and being like yeah i i, I have an idea that helps these two other ideas mm -hmm. yeah, it feels it feels great you feel like you're actually writing <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah you can write three jokes by just writing one joke in some cases it, 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 yeah i cheated <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, sometimes all it takes is that one connecting idea. Like I have yeah. trouble sometimes connecting top a bit to bit. The jokes could even be bad. You're like, but I'm just like, yeah, I fucking, I wrote this. Even if it's bad, <laughs> I did this. I completed this. And then you take it on stage and you're like, never mind. Everyone hates it. Yeah. <laughs> I connected it in my brain. Still haven't figured out how to connect it to yours. Right. Yeah. It's so easy in this to be like, oh, I wrote this good joke and you feel so good about it for so long. And then you do it and it sucks and all that confidence is just gone. You're like, all right, I'll fucking back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of good jokes, the part where you, where your dad tells you to tie yourself up. <laughs> See that part I'm most proud of. Cause like the, um, that peep that, oh, that part, you almost always gets a big laugh. But since that was like the first time I said it, it felt, uh, I think it felt more improvised, which I think got, because th th that's how, that's the best that joke's done. Mm -hmm. I think I got lucky and got my best clip of that joke. And, uh, just the saying like the, that's more fucked up me fumbling over that part. Cause I didn't really know what to say there. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, I got really lucky and improvised the right part. And that I added that to the joke and 
that was really sick. Yeah. Do you ever find that when you improvise something on stage and it does really well, and then you go and you sit down and you work with it, that it just comes out as like inauthentic? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, all every every single thing I write, I feel I feel that way about. Like, because um, I think naturally you add little things on stage. You may not be improvising tags, but you're improvising like cadence and um, like flow of speech and like phonetics. So whenever you try to like put those authentic things down on paper, it's going to naturally be inauthentic because it's, you said it off the cuff, but now it's no longer, now it's on paper. It's not off the cuff. Mm. And um, yeah, I struggle with that all the time. Like, like especially trying to remember things. I think that's why it's so important to have like audio and visual is because like that part in that joke that we're talking about, if I didn't have any audio clip of that, I wouldn't, it'd be much harder to remember how I said it. Mm-hmm. And, um, putting that on paper isn't easy to be like, Oh yeah. Oh, uh, like if I put a bunch of Oz on my paper, how's that going <laughs> to yeah, waste the space? How do you, uh, how do you rectify that? Like, how do you overcome that? Because I mean, obviously it's a good joke, so you want to keep that in. So you got to get through that, that feeling of doubt and those, the almost yeah. forced, just trial and error, you know, like I, I, I really like, I really like negative encouragement. Sometimes I really like, um, ironing out stuff. Cause like, it's, it's so much easier to focus on like the parts of the joke you don't like versus the things that are doing well. Cause you want, you know, you want it to be perfect. You want it to be, you know, best joke ever. So I really oftentimes trying to ironing out those kinks, Hmm. Kinks, but uh, yeah. ironing out those kinks, uh, <laughs> creates new ones. It creates new ones because, like, in my attempt to replicate that one part of the joke, there were many times where it just came off super inauthentic and super like weird. So I'm like, okay, saying it that way doesn't help, but having the audio of me saying it the wrong way, I know not to say it the wrong way in the next time. And uh, eventually, I kind of came up with the right way I want to say it. And now it works the way I kind of want it to, but um, that could easily change. Cause like, I haven't really done that joke a ton cause I've been doing comedy a ton. So uh, the next time I do it, it may sound more authentic cause I haven't been doing it or, you know, the other way around. Yeah. That happens to my jokes too, where I like might've improvised something. Uh, the first time around or that, or you just cared about it so much because you couldn't wait to tell it. So you said it so naturally and then you try to recreate it and you just can't do it. And it's like, yeah. you have to work on that it's so hard. It's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like Steve, I only, obviously I've only seen you in the, like the rumble setting. Do you, and you told pretty short jokes. Like, mm-hmm. is it harder to like, um, uh, I mean, do, do would you say you do a lot of short jokes? Because again, I've only seen you that one time. It was goddamn hilarious. But those Thank are great short jokes. Yeah. If anything, I try to make it sound like they're longer, just because they're a bunch of little jokes interrelated, and it sounds like a bit. But yeah, there. I only write generally. I only write short jokes. Yeah, and I bet that would maybe make it harder. Like making like they it may may not be harder to improvise, but like to add the improvisations like two jokes because like they're probably they're very tight. So adding in yeah. like, sometimes maybe f- like throw off the vibe of it or something. Yeah, it won't be within the joke, but it will be anything that's outside of the joke. So it'll be in between jokes then, and then yeah. yeah. So that's the only time it'll work. Fuck yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, I think what really made this particular clip crush just from, from an outsider's perspective is the authenticity of it is like being in the moment with it. And you're authentic about sharing this genuine experience that you had and this weird thing that you did as a kid. And people were just, I mean, you just caught them on that wave. And uh, I think you can do that in any case in front of any audience, because we've all done like weird things when we were little. And yeah, nobody's, nobody's safe from embarrassing childhood. Right, right. So even though they may not have tied themselves up <laughs> or, or had other people tie them up. Something like that. I also ate dirt. But like, yeah. you know, like the stuff like that. Everybody's got that stuff. And I think that really resonates with a lot of people. And I'm a pretty open book. I, or I like to say I'm like, I don't really have a problem with sharing anything on stage. And I oftentimes like making myself say more uncomfortable things just to see maybe not what I can get away with, but what I can get people to like connect with me for. Cause if I can make a really specific, weird niche childhood weirdness joke and it resonates with somebody, I think that's really cool. Maybe not for the specific action, but like, Oh shit, I did. I did something weird. Like I used to like getting punched in the face as a kid. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, everybody has, you know, a wealth of experiences to draw from. Now for me, I'm with you on that. Like no, there's nothing in my life that is off limits other than telling people about those murders. Like that's it. But uh, other than that, <laughs> I mean, everything is fair game. And that's, yeah. you know, that is why I think a lot of people like to go to comedy shows is, is your stories. Like, I think it's really easy to be pretentious as shit with your comedy. Like with anybody, with anybody, like it's like, I try not to say more of my opinions on things versus my, I try to tell more about my experiences with things and like with myself versus like, cause you know, I'm young maybe cause you guys are a bit older. Maybe you probably have some more well-developed opinions on things. Uh, so maybe you feel more comfortable saying those things on stage, but since I'm so young, it's like, I don't really, I don't really have anything that important to say about any real outside topic that isn't about myself. Um, so most of my jokes rely on just my experiences. Yeah. Since I'm disabled, I'm, I wouldn't talk about the, like the disability system and the str- and like all this shit, but I'll, I can talk about my experiences with it. And that's mm-hmm. all that's really relevant, you know, yeah. anything else is inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are uh, what are some of the weirder things that you did as a kid? I mean, we have this one, but are there any other topics that you've explored? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to think. I was sick a lot as a kid. I mentioned earlier, so like, mm-hmm. I, I, my body's pretty gross and stuff. So I've kind of like talked about a lot of stuff about that. Trying to like, because like I have a lot of like weird birth defects and stuff. So I have jokes about like those like different birth defects, and some of them are pretty weird and kind of gross. Uh, so being able to talk about those things was kind of important. Um, and my experiences with that as a kid were just like, um, I did lots of weird stuff. I, you know, you want to fit in as a kid. So you want to fit in and you want other people to understand you as a kid. And a lot of the time that's pretty impossible. So you do weird stuff to try to get attention. So I was, you know, I was really loud. I, um, I was 
really was probably very obnoxious <laughs> and uh yeah but um I'm trying to think of like specific do you mean more do you mean more specific not necessarily i mean you made a good point you know you were you were trying to connect with other kids but as kids empathy isn't our strong suit yeah <laughs> you know when you're little kids. yeah yeah. Kids are the worst. I was a piece of shit when I was a kid, but you know. And I'm not trying to paint a picture of like, oh, what was me? I was bullied. I wasn't bullied. If anything, I was a bully sometimes because, like, to get a reaction out of people, I'm. I was very small, so I was. A, I was a dick to people. So the times I was <laughs> bullied, I like to think I deserved it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always tell people because, like you want to get a rise out of people. And my train of thought was if I don't talk shit, people are going to talk shit to me because I'm like small and disabled and stuff. So I, I don't know. I made sure to have a really loud mouth sometimes. <laughs> I, <mean> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got that out of the whole bit too. Just like, well, if, if you're going to pick on me, then I'm going to pick on myself. And yeah, no, that's <laughs> it's not as fun. Translated to on stage. Cause like I get such a kick out of being an asshole and kind of being the one like in control, I guess, like being able to being able to control how other people view you is a pretty unique circumstance that comics are in. Cause like, if you say the right thing in the right way, you can make people think anything. Like I've said, I've gone on stage and been like, I'm, I've been stabbed, even though I've never been stabbed. <laughs> I have a scar. I actually, I have a joke. So I have a joke about, um, uh, getting into a fight with one of my roommates and I have a scar on my chest that looks like a stab wound. So mm -hmm. to like ramp up the joke, I'd just say that I got stabbed and then people would be like, yeah, whatever, bro. And then I'd show them the scar and then everyone would be like, holy shit, this guy got stabbed. And you know, you're like, wow, I, I'm a big time bullshitter. <laughs> well played. Yeah. You got to lean into that. Have fun with it. Exactly. That's for sure. Like, that's it can be fake. Who cares? Like, obviously, being authentic is important. That's kind of what we've been talking about. But being inauthentic skillfully is also just as cool. Yeah, be authentic about your inauthenticity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a that is a skill that you know a, a comic has. Like, I mean, I so I have a bit, and we may play it later. But um, I have a bit where my last name's Horning, and like that, you know that. That's just one example of things that I got picked on for as a kid. I was a weird kid too. Like I would, I would, like I was saying earlier, like uh, I would pretend like WWF style wrestle myself like at recess sometimes <laughs> to try to get other people to like do moves, like to do moves to me. Cause like, I love like getting oh. the, like the stone cold stunner. Like I love selling it. Like I, I always love watching the rock get put in the stunner and then he would fly yeah, back like, to my school. That, that, that sounds like very, you, you sound like you were just a good time. <laughs> Dude, it, it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I, but it opened the door for like some of the shittier people in my grade to pick on me. And you know, the last name thing uh, was just, I just leaned into it. You know, I hated it for so long and I would cry and like, why are they making fun of me for my, I can't help my name. And then one day I was like, yeah, I am horny. You're like all the time. Eat. Like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and before I knew it, like the paper, I stopped getting picked on or they would try to do something else. I was like, Oh, I can, if I lean into it every time, it's not fun for them and they'll go find somebody else. For sure. Yeah. Take away the target and none to hit. Like, yep. fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, 
because <laughs> kids have no empathy. And and then no, I started like when I was like 14, you know, when you're a kid, you take things you don't understand and you make fun of it in order to make sense of it. One of my favorite stories, we were 14 and we cut my a couple friends of mine and I called a gay bar. And my one friend like called him and was like, you guys ready to suck some deck? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we thought it was the funniest thing. And then two years yeah. later, he came out and we were like, oh. It was an authentic inquiry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, prank calls were the best. Were the best. Thing. It's like, I, I, like, I think there's something really funny about like surprise. Like, I think it's why people like, <laughs> like the Eric Andre show, like the surprise, like the guerrilla warfare uh, that you can do with comedy sometimes. Like one of my favorite things I did as a teenager, is just driving around, just screaming shit at people on the street. Cause it's like, <laughs> Okay, maybe that's specific, but like if you're walking down the street and just you hear just some random car drive by and they're like, hey, go fuck yourself. And you're like, who was that? <laughs> you'll never know. You'll never know who that is. And there's something purely funny about that because it's kind of innocent. Because you drive by someone random, you don't even know, they don't know you. You're just like, hey, buddy, go fuck yourself. You know, it's like, what goes on? It's <laughs> highbrow. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I like the idea of them just racking their brains over who that could have been the rest of the exactly. day. <laughs> a lot, you know. I'd be walking down the street, some guy, some car drove by, and they're like, "Hey, man, uh, you can go fuck yourself." And I just kept driving. I was like, "I was like, oh, well, I feel kind of hurt now. Why would someone say that to me?" Oh, but I don't know them. Probably they. Uh, who knows? I've been called every disabled slur, and then there's not that many. And yeah. the funny thing is, I was called disabled slurs that like didn't even like apply to me. Like people call me cripple all the time, and it's it, which is which is which I didn't really care because uh, I kind of thought it was funny. But yeah. uh, I thought it was funny because I was like, oh, cr- cripple. Like the definition of that is someone who can't walk, and I'm I just have messed up hands. So if anything, I'm the opposite. Of a right, right. I was like, oh, this is something funny. Like the poor research into the into the bullying. Like, come yeah. on, exactly. just look up the definition of the word. Be like, bitch! I could have been a pro sprinter. Um, yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> I got both legs, and they work yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Oh, oof. or were well, you the one that was doing the picking on? Yeah, you're like, oh, oh I was both, and only yeah. because I used to be picked on did it feel right to start picking on people after the mm-hmm. fact. Um, but I only did it because of people's racial identities and stuff. But um, no, I'm just kidding. I was waiting for you guys to laugh, but um, yeah. the uh, I was like, I don't think he means that. I've met him once. He doesn't seem like that guy. No, no. But the the thing was, um, I was like a super like. I had behavioral issues, like ser- like serious ones where they had to take me to the school psychologist just to make sure I wasn't like, you know, um, not like autistic, but just um, they wanted to make sure I wasn't dumb, first or of all. Or disturbed. <laughs> yeah, or like whatever, just anything. But um, no, I just, I don't know, I had ADD, they found out. And they were like, well, he's not stupid. Um, he's co- Cognitively, he's fine, but he's um, just an asshole. <laughs> It's like, and I couldn't read in the first grade, but by the third grade, I had an eighth grade reading level. So that was like, I just had a really weird, like, curve. Like, I had a really bad learning curve. So for two years, people thought I was really dumb. And then I just like my grandma got me a bunch of books over the summer, and I read them all. And then uh, that then it changed. A little catch up, yeah. Right, Um, but I did get picked on a lot just for being a weird kid in general. I had a lot of behavioral issues. Uh, Poke kids in the eye for no reason. 
you know, I remember the kid's name, Eric Urban. Uh, I still remember these things, but uh, of course, of course, you you never forget shit like that. It's just no. things. I did. You know what's funny is uh, I did pick on kids here and there. There was a uh, this one kid. Um, I didn't know what being gay was at the time, but someone told me to call him a faggot, and I did. And I was like, I didn't know what was going on. So I went to, they took me to the office to get a pink slip. And uh, this was in summer camp too. It was like an after school daycare type summer campy kind of thing. And uh, they knew, they just assumed I was like a bigot. But being in third grade, apparently. Well, I, I don't know what this is. I just said this word. I just yeah. saw it. And they're like, yeah. what do you call him? And I'm like, a maggot? Like, I tried to make it like he heard wrong or something. But, like, they knew like, that he was gay because he played with Barbies and hung out with all the girls. And it's like, come on. We know what you said. It's like, I could, I didn't realize I couldn't hide from that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just thought that was weird. But, um, yeah, I definitely got picked on a lot, though, too. Well, I grew up on Facebook. So, a lot of, if there was any bullying since I grew up on Facebook, there's shit online. It was pretty... It was pretty gruesome. Like sixth graders cyberbullying each other on Facebook. Dude, I, oh my God. There was like this one girl who, like, all the girls in our school were like really mean to. And she like posted something on Facebook, just like a, having a great day. And a bunch of people commented, like, I hope your day fucking sucks. You're a piece of shit. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, nobody will ever love you. I was, that was the one comment someone posted. They're like, nobody will ever love I was like, God damn. Jeez. It's kind of badass. Brutal. I mean, that's a that's a totally different realm of bullying. I mean, that yeah. is up there for everyone to see. Well, and Facebook saves a lot of messages. I remember, look, I wasn't a bully like a lot, but like I was a dick to some people. And I like I found like an old message I sent to like a friend on Facebook in like the fifth grade. And it's just this mean ass message. And I like brought it up like 10 years later, like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I said this when we were in sixth grade, but here it is. Here's exactly what I said on the screen right here. Jesus. Preserved. <laughs> For all of history until the satellites are wiped out and then it'll be gone forever. Uh, that's weird to think about, but a question that I get all the time because I do, I, I present to uh, like HR groups about using humor in the workplace. And a question that I get a lot is how do I know, what is funny? Like, I'm not funny. I want to figure, I want to learn how to be funny. And one of my first answers I give them is draw on your childhood experiences. Just that mentality of being like new to the world and exploring and figuring things out and, and falling short because I mean, that's where comedy comes up is like in our imperfections. And as a kid, we're just, we're learning things for the first time and we do so many weird things. And, uh, I think uh, this next bit that I want to play kind of demonstrates that, like the toys that we play with as kids. I mean, you can you can mine so much material from anything that you did as a kid, like the toys you played with, the people that you picked on, the times that you got picked on, like your experiences with your parents getting taped to couches and things like that, you know, the normal stuff. Uh, so uh, Nate Bargatze has a bit on uh, childhood toys. This is an older clip of him and it's it's so funny uh, it's from broadway comedy club i think from 2010 and it's a bit on if our childhood like we had our childhood toys as adults so we'll, we'll talk about it uh after nate take it away nate when you're a baby and you're born they give you a baby doll 
So they give you a baby when you're a baby. They're like, look, I would probably start figuring this out. This is where it's going. And then they give you Barbie and Ken, so you have to deal with all that drama that they have. Then women would play house. They would just play house. They would fake vacuum. When I see my wife vacuum now, I'm like, she's living her childhood dream. She has made it. Hey, you can't compete. Because as a guy, we didn't have any of that. We played uh, Fort. We had to keep everybody out of where we are. And the only toys we had were Transformers and Ninja Turtles. Those are not even real things. None of them had wives. They weren't married. I never played with my Ninja Turtles and I had them going to fight Shredder. And then Michelangelo was like, hey, can y'all give me two seconds? I don't know, my wife just showed up. I don't know how she found us, but she looks furious about something. I don't know, dude. I don't know, I don't know. And then she comes over and she's like, what are y'all doing? Who's this April chick? It's like, listen, she's a reporter. How about you not read into stuff, all right? How about you not check my Facebook? Is that possible? I got in trouble because uh, for my wife's birthday, I bought her an oven for her birthday. <laughs> yeah. Listen, here's why. Because like the vacuum, her other favorite toy as a kid was the Easy Bake Oven. So I was like, all right, I'll get her a legitimate big girl oven. <laughs> An adult oven, like that's not impressive. If she bought me a truck and it turned into a live robot, I would freak out and be like, this is the greatest gift I have ever had in my life. This is the best. Have you seen that bit before? I love that. Yeah, no, Nate Bargassi is like, well, he's, he's probably like in my top five right now. So when you said you were like, I'm showing his bits, I was like, oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, I could ramble about him all day. He's such a good writer. He takes really uh, deep concepts and makes them so simple. He's so good at it. Well, like my favorite part of that joke is where he's like, he's the, the visual he creates of the playing with the Ninja Turtles, like that you do as kids, you play with these toys that are just being like, oh, my wife's here. Like, that's so, <laughs> that's so funny. And, uh, and it starts with, you know, uh, girls toys is, you know, when they're kids, they're just given a baby doll as a baby. <laughs> you better, you better get on this. That, that's yeah. such a, that's such a silly concept with just like the conditioning that we receive as kids before we even know what's going on. It's like, you're going to be a mom. Here's your mom stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the toy vacuum. Like, did you guys ever have like the toy lawnmower? I mean, those are, yeah, and it's so different and it really is so different with boys. I never had any toys that were like related to the real world. It was all, yeah, it was all like like action figures or or it was like Legos. It's like build build your own life. I was like, well, why aren't we giving this to girls too? Yeah, right. You know, if you think about it, if you uh, it, he well, he was playing with a lot of playful sexism. You know, it was obviously like he wasn't serious, but it was like yeah. it's funny because when you think about it. I'm not saying that we're oppressed like as men, but it is interesting how you know a lot of us do play with trucks, and it's like what's fun about hauling stuff across the country yeah okay it's so grunty and so we're all kind of it's just it's just we're being ingrained to uh, accept labor <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean well yeah uh, we're socialized like our like like the smallest thing because like you know as kids you begin like 
being imprinted on at like age like two like yeah. the second you can touch things you're being imprinted on and like that kind of really starts with like toys and like your entertainment of like like it helps build values of like what are you into like oh you're into easy bake oven but like for guys it's like yeah you like you like the army you like you playing with army men you like right. you're you're gonna be socialized into like oh you're gonna want to do this you're gonna want to serve our country right we you playing with these little green men now you want to go serve our country right come on come on come on come on like yeah you know, I loved um, I loved semi trucks and trains, and all I was doing was priming myself for industry uh, to make some other asshole rich. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I love like, trains. I was the tank engine. Yeah, that was my I was, homie. I was yeah. obsessed with how semis could like dock into a like you know like a like a like a loading dock, you know. And like that seems so dumb and arbitrary now as an adult, but as a kid, I was like, "This is cool." You just zoomed in on it. You're like, "This is the thing. This is the thing." <laughs> yeah, it's really. That was a weird obsession I had as a kid. How like a do- uh, like a semi could dock into a dock and it'd be nice and flush. You could walk in and walk out. And now I'm like looking back, like I was just being brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the little so, like, things that blew our minds as kids. That, right. You know, if if only we had a little bit more appreciation for the little things now. Maybe yeah. not like, oh, like that car. Just like, how did it do that? You know, the horn. It's amazing. Legos. Like, yeah. when am I get to die? That would be great now. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I loved Legos and Connects too. Building things, yeah. Mm. I uh, I built like baseball stadiums out of blocks, <laughs> like, and then I would I'd ha- get those little like twenty five cent little mini helmets, and I would just like play full full on games in my room. But then I got action figures, and that changed everything. Right. I love Star Wars action figures. I, my, they're still like at my parents' place in a closet somewhere. Yeah, I. I threw away most of the sh- like the toys I had as a child as a child, except for like Legos, because I was like, "Oh, it's a pretty timeless thing." Mm-hmm. It's like I give that to kids, and like even now, it's you know, this is, this is cool stuff. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's not some like things you you liked as kids. It's it it's it's like it doesn't require as much imagination. Like I'm a I'm 23. I'm not going to be playing with like GI Joes, but like the mental the imagination capacity is still there, where I could look at a box of Legos and be like. I could build something cool, you know, like you can still do that, but Mm -hmm. the dimensions of your imagination are a lot like different. Yeah. 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 I I went through my parents' basement a couple months ago and I found a bunch of my old action figures. My dad was like, you know, throw these out. And I was like, I'm not ready. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These were, why not? Yeah. It's cool. You're it's like, it's like, I think we're so we're trained as adults that when we get older, we're supposed to get rid of all the things we like this kid, but like you're allowed to, still like things in like some sort of capacity like there's no law like obviously you shouldn't be like sorry 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 uh sorry boss can't come into work i'm busy with my gi joe collection but like you're allowed to like things like i don't know i think i think it's kind of wrong that we're trained as adults to not enjoy similar things we liked as kids Mm -hmm. right what is it a kid laughs like 400 times a day or something like a little kid yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've laughed 400 times today, uh, but that's why my girlfriend left for work early. So, 
there are two little kids that live right outside of my house. They, I mean, they, they live in the house right next to it. That, let me rephrase <laughs> they that. Live out there. They just live out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes when I'm like, when I'm feeling stressed out, I'll just, cause they're, my office is in the back of my house and their house is maybe 20 feet away from. from Within reaching distance. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I'll hear the one kid out there just like making explosion sounds and running around with his toy guns. Uh, which again, imprinting, but yeah. it's just the the commitment to them to just being in the moment and like letting himself go. And then the little brother's like four years old, and I went out there the other day to turn off the hose, and uh, he was out there, and he was like, "I'm going camping with Wyan and Peter, and Grandma's not going." And he's like, just naming all <laughs> these people like I know them, and it's like, man, I wish I had that like you know just youthful exuberance sometimes. <laughs> We can learn from kids, you know, Yeah, oh, sure. but you can't do the same thing that kids do. <laughs> you know, you can't just walk up to somebody and be like, I'm going camping. Be like, serious okay, kind of uh, don't talk to me. Like, me, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids are weird. Like they'll talk to you. I like if a kid gets close to you and he'll start like being super friendly with you. And like, we're in an era, we're in a pedophile Renaissance right now. <laughs> where it's like, which is ironic because the, the Renaissance right is full of the, pedophiles. That's the exact phrase for that. Right. Yeah. Jared Fogel is the Leonardo da Vinci of pedophilia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a sandwich you, But it's weird because kids, like, you just try, you're like, go away. Don't talk to me. I don't want to look like I was talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The kid like, did that yeah. to me in this neighborhood. And it was just, it was weird. <laughs> it's like, go yeah. Away. No, I don't like it when kids talk to me in public because it's, it's just like, like the vibe, it's so weird to talk, like to communicate with a child now in public because you're like, I don't want to look weird. I'm a weird looking guy. I don't want to be seen looking weird. Like in Cape Town, be like, God, uh, leave me alone, please. Just like while I'm walking away. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's he not was him. asking me about my car. He was like, he was like, he's like, what kind of car is that? What, what is it? I'm like, no, nah, go away. Stop. Your parents are watching me. And they, <laughs> they think I or lured you, think, you in. Like, what kind of car is it? Quick, get the tags, get the tags. In the <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's the kid's like, can I get in? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, God, no, never. Not in 18 years, not in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. When did I just run him over? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be. People are like, David, you're not good with kids. It's like, no, I'm afraid people are going to be worried that I'm too good with kids. Yeah, right. right? You don't want to like you like it's women find it attractive when guys are good with kids, but you don't want to be too good with kids. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all about the middle ground. You're like, oh, it's cute. He knows how to talk to kids. Oh, it's not so cute. He's with them. Like they're his friends. Like they're not. He's, he's friends yeah. with children. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he takes a lot of kids to that pond. That's weird. Yeah, he, uh, he loves fishing. I, I yeah. don't think any of the kids like fishing. <laughs> Why does he always have so much candy? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, and that's that's another thing that I think we could learn too. Is you know we overthink things as adults. Uh, everybody, I feel like we all overthink things, but kids are just like. Like if you're four or five, six years old, you don't care what other people think. Yeah, no. Yeah. You got better things to do, like eat dirt. Yeah. Right. So fuck it. If I'm gonna eat dirt, I'm gonna eat dirt because I wanna eat this dirt. <laughs> Kids are my so passion. Funny. It's my art. Yeah. And I re- I remember this is the, the metric that I use. I I didn't have a lot of guy friends in my neighborhood as a kid. There's all girls my age. And, uh, so like, and I love football. So I would just, I would go outside and I would play a whole game in my head. Like I'd throw the ball up to myself, I'd catch it. And then I'd tackle myself. 
And then it got to a certain point where I was like 10, 11, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So I would stop whenever a car would drive by or like somebody would go by and I'd just be like, just standing out here with the football, with a helmet on and these pads. Like I'm role playing. Yeah. (laughs) I was, uh, yeah, (laughs) I was LARPing, but with football. By myself. <laughs> how cringier than LARPing like Dungeons and Dragons is LARPing football. Like, bro, just play football. You don't got any friends? Yeah, just self, yeah, come up with your own league. Uh, but, and and yeah, the older I got, the more I started, you know, worrying about what other people would think about me. And, yeah, and the life is ruined in a sense when that starts right. happening. But that's such a, a right period for material because... Yeah. You're trying to now. You're trying to be somebody else, even though, like, as a as a little kid, you're probably the most authentic you'll ever be in your entire life. Like when you're real little, that's fascinating to me to think about. Yeah, yeah, you're pure. That's a weird, weird word for it, but it's like, yeah, you're very like <laughs> you're pure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're like. I mean, you haven't been. Well, I mean, hope never. <laughs> I, want, I want to phrase this right outside Cree, but you had nothing bad has happened to you yet in terms of uh like you still think the world is cool you don't really you're not you like you don't meet a lot of like five-year-old nihilists you know like <laughs> there's not a lot of five-year-olds you're like i don't think the world is fun at all like, right i think okay. a good uh, a good angle to take on this too is applying that youthful perspective to being an adult so like that could i mean you could take any joke you can take any um premise and apply that perspective and probably find a lot of material sure yeah it's uh, just like being open to like adventure being open to like i mean when you're five at that point you don't really know what death is you still believe in santa you might believe in god or something i don't know but like your sense of like curiosity is still there. And mm-hmm. I think as you get older, you're not as curious about things like that. So I think applying that to comedy and just being curious and observational, yeah. well, like observational, you know, like uh, observing things you might not expect. Yeah. You can, uh, you can apply that as an adult without looking like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, if, if you were to apply that, that uh that point of view to that bit too like i mean i wonder how many you know new things you can discover to really expand it out yeah probably yeah um yeah because it's like at the time like that like the like we were talking about like like things we thought weren't normal or Mm -hmm. were normal and the vice versa that so yeah you know there's there's lots of there's lots of reflect. Like I think personal reflection is important that you can use with your jokes and stuff like that. So I think, you know, just like thinking about how you felt. Mm. It's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And, and feelings are nuanced too. So you can explore each feeling and apply it to, you know, to like the new bit the, or bag or whatever, you know? Yeah. No. And uh, I mean, you're, most of that bit is kind of a hindsight, like this weird thing that I did when I was a kid and here's how, you know, my parents thought about it and here's what my friends thought about it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's good to explore those different uh, yeah, perspectives. Like, how do I, how do I feel about it now? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or if I were to, t- 
try it again. What context would that? Yeah, yeah like, how would I that come out? Now, could I could I tell my roommates to do this to me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, my roommates playing beer pong on the front porch. Be like, hey, uh, can you take me to the beer pong table? Can I yeah. eat beer pong? Huge <laughs> thing. And then you can you can just leave me here when you're done. I'll, yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, don't eat, don't drink the beers. Just pour them all over my face. Water <laughs> With the beers like- that have like the the cup dirt in them from rolling on the ground. Pour all that on my face. Just <laughs> deposit it. He'd lean the table up against the wall too and just like scare passers by. Honestly, you guys can just beat the shit out of me too. At that point, <laughs> like start throwing the cups in. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you made the point earlier. The follow up is usually like, now what do we do with you? Just nah, just leave me. I'm cool. No, that's the be- no, this is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Abandon me. Yeah. That so come from being smothered as a child. I want I want the opposite. Yeah, no, I want to feel protected. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, that's a that's a fun way to look at it, um, man. So now, now I'm thinking about my own bits about when I was a kid. Like, how would what if I were to do those things now? That's fun to think about. Um, yeah. Anything else uh, as far as like first time as a kid, like first time doing something? That's always a, a fun topic to explore too hmm. uh i remember the first like i'm afraid of planes i okay. remember the first time i went on a plane that was pretty that was pretty scary i like uh it was only it was only a like an hour and a half flight <laughs> a very short flight and we hit slight turbulent wind and somebody's coffee tipped over and i remember being extremely terrified i was like oh no it's drink spill we're all gonna die <laughs> <laughs> And the guy was more angry. He was like, the guy was angry. And I was like, oh, he's probably angry that we're about to die. But you're like, oh, he's just angry. He got hot coffee all over his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Just two totally different worlds that you're living in. Like sharing the same experience, but living in two different worlds. I'm terrified. He is just pure rage. Yeah. At the the wind. He's mad at the wind. Right. (laughs) Right. Modern engineering. (laughs) <laughs> These fucking planes can't fly better. <laughs> uh, and that's another thing that we haven't really touched on. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's fun. It's the, the weird fears that we have when we're kids, like the things that we're scared of because we don't understand them. Wow. Were you, were there any things that you were scared of that you'd look back on? You're like, that's pretty funny. Uh, well, I'm still afraid of cars. Uh, I was afraid. I'm still afraid. Of, well, it's like a lot of, a lot of my fears when I was a kid still kind of exist in some like minor ways. Cause I think a lot of fears you don't really get over, uh, you know, fully. Like I was always afraid of machines and like robots and I'm still weirdly afraid of robots. Uh, like, like in Ann Arbor, we got these little, like um, we have like these drone cars that drive around and carry people's grub hub. And I don't mm. know, it just freaks me out. I don't like seeing like, I don't like seeing vehicles that don't have anybody in it. It's just, so it's, I think it's funny, cause, but like, yeah. cause that's a fear that came from when I was a child, but it's, I think it's funnier that it's kind of still apparent. I, I love the idea of exploring strong emotions and like, what's weird here. What's, and, and if you can, I mean, there's a lot that we felt as kids. I mean, 
during one day, it could just be like, this is the best day ever. And then some stupid thing happens and it's like, I'm going to run away. Like everything is the end of the world to a kid Mm -hmm. because the world is, you know, very small. So when something goes wrong, it's like, it's over. It's all over. The world is on fire when in fact you just stubbed your toe or something. Right. Well, that's, that's, (laughs) that doesn't stop when you're, when you stop being a kid either. No, exactly. Yeah. It becomes, becomes a, more real and sad. Right. Scroll through Twitter. There are still people yeah. that are grown adults who are like, this is the end. Um, You're like, I don't know. One of my, one of my classmates from high school is a millionaire and I have nothing. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, that's the kid with all the cool toys. Now we got to go over to his house. Exactly. Right. He's got the pool and now he's got a house with a pool. <laughs> yeah. That house is his now. You don't have to call and ask his mom if you can play. Yeah. We steal from his house now. Yeah. <laughs> you crossed the line. In the scheme of things, we're still kids. Like, we still have unreasonable fears and we still have, uh, you know, uh, uneducated perspectives on things. And I think you see new things every day. You know? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Until the day you die. So, I, you know, to me, it's like that's such a, and I haven't really thought about it until, you know, I started getting ready for this episode of the podcast. But, there is so much material there and so many parallels that can be drawn from like, our experiences as a kid to our experiences as an adult. Like what if I had these perspectives now versus, or, and what if I had my current perspectives then like we can explore so much through that because, you know, as our life progresses, our perspectives change yeah. and uh, you know, we, we change as, as human beings to apply perspective from a different time of our life to now, is a is a fun nuance to explore. I'm just trying to find like the deeper meaning of this conversation because I'm weird like that. No, for sure, bro. You're all those very true. Like, I mean, to have that just openness to being tied up now. That's you know, you can use Yeah, it'd that. be way harder to get me to do that now. You yeah. know? It's like cause the point of that joke was like I, all those that, you know, they say you develop kinks as like a child. Mm-hmm. So I was always, I was kind of surprised when they didn't, some of those things didn't like, okay, if you looked at that sexually, it's like, oh, you like being tied up as a kid. Do you like that now? And I'm like, no, in a way I'm kind of the opposite, I guess. So it's like, um, you'd think that would develop into a more submissive thing, but I just don't think those beams crossed, you know, right? Just, they could have, it totally could have, but it didn't. Right. Remember case- how I was obsessed with things docking? Yeah. <laughs> I love putting things in other things. Yeah. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. Is there anything else you want to explore before we part ways? I think we probably got I mean personally, you know, I it's it was cool to ramble about my joke with y'all. I think I think mm-hmm. we I think we dived into it enough. We got real deep uh in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um any any last parting thoughts? that you want to throw in as far as like anything that you wanted to cover or tips, pointers, a meaningful quote. Uh, not really, not really. I think, again, I think, I think we talked about a lot of it. Uh, I think I learned a lot though from it. It's it, Cause I think you really learn a lot from talking things out. But I think I got some new ideas that I can work on. So I think that's really cool. So mm-hmm. cool, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love talking things out of other people. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to have conversations like this with non comics. So yeah, because they don't give it. Like it's at a certain point, it's like 
okay, but can we talk about something else? But because like, and you're in the car with comics so much. My like friends and family would always ask, like, "What do you guys talk about?" You're like, "We really just talk about jokes most of the time." You know, there's yeah. we can literally I could talk about shit like this for an entire day at a time, probably. Mm-hmm. I know. My girlfriend will get home from work and she'll be like, can we talk about something that isn't comedy? And I'm like, okay, like, I, get no, it. I get it. My... I get it. This has to be uh, uh, very repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jacob, where can we find you on social media? Uh, at kid with the hands. It's pretty, it's the same for everything. Jacob bar on Facebook. I got, I'm on like the, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, the, all the stuff. Uh, just trying to put out some content a little bit, trying to get out, back out there doing some shows pretty soon. Hopefully, uh, I, I thank you guys for having me. This was super, super fun. It's cool yeah. to talk to people. I, I sadly have not had the privilege of knowing as long, so it's mm, cool to same. hang out. Yeah, for sure, man. Awesome. Likewise, the sentiment is returned, Steve. Yeah. What? Just social media or any closing thoughts? Whatever you want to say. I was going to say, I, I, this is one of those podcasts where I'm like, yeah, I, I really want to like listen back to these a lot because I can find a lot of inspiration for writing. Cause we, you guys got a lot out of me where I'm like, I can actually use a lot of this. I just don't think about it. And you guys like coaxed it out of me and then I can, you know, try and make something out of it. But other than that, you know, I don't have anything to add to that, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, uh, and you all know my social media at Steve Mers at, and at Steven Mers on Twitter but steamers everywhere else. So, yeah. And that's why I love doing this podcast is, is we do have a chance to explore things that we don't think about that often, like the things that we do as a kid. And yeah. like, no matter how inconsequential it may seem, no matter how silly and absurd it may feel as an adult, we can find ways to laugh at that. And I think we did that here today. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.